0: Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Southeast Iowa, Dave Johnson. And we are talking the midterm elections, which uh, is coming right up on us. Uh, We have Jonathan Bartholomew. He is a political operative here in Southeast Iowa. Welcome to the program, Jonathan.
1: Hey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Well, tell me who you work for. So
1: I work for Americans for Prosperity. Of course, every view that expresses, uh, you know, my own view on here. But, uh, yeah, good organization, promoting freedom and more opportunity for, uh, you know, Iowans.
0: Well, uh, uh, I know you you help a lot of candidates around. You do a lot of door knocking. Uh, I I just seen a, a Facebook post where you were in Muscatine the other day. Let's start there.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah, so I was actually out in House District ninety six, uh, going around for a guy named Mark Sessineros. He is a great candidate. Very conservative. Very pro freedom. Pro educational freedom. For low taxes. Um, And he's constantly, he's really a candidate that's always pushing other candidates to be uh, more pro-freedom, to be more for the average Iowan. And he's a hardworking, he's a truck driver, he's a family, you know, he's father of six kids. Um, He's been married to his wife for like 19 years, I think. Um, But he's extremely popular. People in Muscatine love him. I've never actually seen uh, a candidate with such a large volunteer base. He has like 20 regular active volunteers out like every weekend. Like this guy's popular. He he's an example to other Republicans that conservative policies work. Um, he did a he, he of course he's in a swing district, which is amazing because he's one of the most conservative di- uh, you know candidates, but he's in this very volatile district. This year he's running against a city council member named Savadio uh, something. Um, and it's a tight election, but really, you know, I've talked to a lot of independents out there. Um, they're, they're very excited to come out and vote for him, to vote for, uh, you know, a, a candidate that is for lowering taxes and who has really actually pushed for that and who is for giving kids more opportunities for education.
0: Well, you mentioned that he was a truck driver. That is a, a, a huge in Iowa. I was interviewing Adrian Dickey, who was a Dickey Trucking is where he worked. And that's where I worked, too, for a lot of years. Uh, and he said that one in 13 jobs is uh, one in 13 paychecks in Iowa goes to a truck driver.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. I, I know even the governor, um, wants to welcome passing some legislation, some, uh, maybe tort reforms on that to benefit truck drivers. So
0: yeah, they mentioned that, uh, I, uh, I would kind of, uh, support that, but, uh, um, but my, I uh. Well, what other what other areas are working on? What what other places are you
1: door knocking at? Yeah, so here's, I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. You know, a uh, house district. Let me give you a total of six house districts and six senate districts. So just the average listener who's not like very, you know, um, she doesn't really pay attention to politics all year round. There's some really interesting races going on. So the next one would be, I guess, House District 72. It's with a woman named Jennifer Smith. She's running actually against an incumbent. It's a Western district. It's got like part of Dallas County. But Jennifer Smith is a very intelligent woman. She's an economics professor at the local community college, a member of the state central committee. Um, but she really understands economics. She's a huge advocate for eliminating the state income tax. She understands how that is going to benefit our state, create more jobs, help people. Uh, but it is a slightly democratic-leaning district, to be frank. Uh, but we've been working hard, obviously. And if there's a year that this district could be won, it's this year of all years, especially with such a great candidate. So, very optimistic about that district. Um, this House District, uh, like number two, Bob Henderson is the Republican candidate running. I can't remember who he's running against, but he's an adjunct professor at a local community college. He's a math teacher, he runs the math academy for kids. He has a passion for obviously education. And he's a huge advocate of po- supporting the governor's educational scholarship account bill um expanding quality health care as well that's like the sioux city area if you're familiar with that i would definitely watch out for that race and it kind of hits close to home because obviously you know he's a professor he's a math teacher he, you know he struck he helps kids who are struggling with math he's married to a public school teacher um but they don't even they 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 pulled their kids out of the school district i think because um because it just, it wasn't meeting obviously the needs. So th- this is definitely something, that's definitely a race to watch out for. And another one would be House District 40. There's an attorney actually running named Bill Gustaf. He, that's like the Altoona, Norwoodville area, if you're familiar with it. But he was actually a former lobbyist for Homeschool Iowa in his free time. He was a huge advocate. he um, published news articles about him. Um, for the judicial nomination reform in Iowa, which basically what that did was it limited Chief Justice terms to two years. It eliminated like a bias in the nomination process by allowing Supreme Court justices to like sit on committees. Um, It was a total mess. So he helped reform that. He's been a huge advocate of reforming that. Obviously now he's running um, to pass ESA bills and all this. So it's also House District 46, that's uh, Dan, I don't know, Gilback, if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's running, he's running for really fiscal responsibility, he's also a pro-ESA candidate, and actually, he's a huge pro-ESA candidate, it means a lot to him, and he actually has experience in this, Um, I've been talking about all, you know, all these people have experience in education, they actually understand, he was actually a Waukee school board member, Um, He's married to a a public school teacher, I'm sorry, I said earlier, it was his kid, actually, who I believed, it was Dan's kid, I got them confused, who actually, he ended up having to send his kid to a private school because it just wasn't even meeting his needs in the public school. Um, But he, you know, he'd be a great candidate, being a school board member, being married to a public school teacher, to be able to speak on an issue that could benefit kids like this. Uh, the last one I'll mention for just the House districts is uh, House District 39, it's Mark Weathery's district. Uh, he is an adjunct professor at a community college, but he's running against a incumbent named Rick Olson. And it's a slightly Democratic-leaning district also with just a thousand more people, uh, registered Democrats and Republicans, a thousand more registered Democrats and Republicans. But a lot of people are upset with Rick because he's been in office for 18 years. He's really accomplished nothing of consequence. And it's a, it's a district on the east side of Des Moines. And definitely, it's a lower economic district. And a lot of people are getting hurt with the democratic policies of inflation that, that they promoted and the gas prices and the food. And just people are really feeling crushed, uh, feeling hurt right now. And so that'll be another one to watch to see. You know if that district could actually have, have you a heavier democratic district would flip republican and i can go into the senate districts if you'd like go ahead. yeah so another uh, another district to watch out for would be really interesting one would actually be the jake chapman race so he is um the president of the Iowa Senate. He's been the president of the Iowa Senate since 2021. Obviously, that position wields an enormous amount of power, running against a girl named uh, Sarah Garrett. That's obviously, that's West Des Moines area, Clive, Waukee. Obviously, it's a swing district. It's got a lot of independence. Chapman won his last election by 62.5% actually. So it'll be one to watch out for where he's, he's very popular, but it's always a swing district. So uh, just keep your eyes on that one. Another really interesting to one to watch out for is Senate District 46, uh, Don Driscoll versus Kevin Kinley, who was elected in 2015. I think Don was elected maybe last year or two years ago, but not something like that. But obviously, Don is highly favored by the governor, um, worked very closely with the governor. Don is a very intelligent Kind person. It's the Washington, Iowa, and Johnson County area. And Kevin Kinney kind of got dis- redistricted into a more Republican area where, you know, Don Driscoll already had represented Iowa County previously. And now she is going to continue to represent that and then have Washington County and just the rural outskirts of Johnson. So Kevin Kinney is up for a tight election. Both have been campaigning very hard, running ads all over the place, you know, YouTube, everything. Um, it's going to be a really interesting race to see how that turns out but of course i'm rooting for don um and that's my own district and then you've got senate district 35 with chris courtney she's the mother of small business owner watch out for that one uh senate district 21 michael Boozlow. he actually won his election in ankeny last year by only 369 votes so that would obviously be an interesting to watch one to watch out for. I think he'll win it pretty hands down, but it is of course a swing district and you never know. Um there's also Senate District 41 and Senate District 47, uh, these are the last two I'll mention. And why these are so interesting is that this is Scott Scott County uh, and both of these Senate Districts cover Scott County. It looks like they're going to favor Republicans this year, which is a huge deal, because in 2020, Scott County was only one of six counties that Trump lost in his election. So obviously they lean more heavily Democrat, but it looks like Republicans are set to win both of those elections. You've got Kerry Grew, and Hagen and he's running against a, a woman named Deb Van Der G- uh, Gass, I think. And you know, Kerry's a very intelligent person, actually volunteered with Americans for Prosperity in the past. And... Um, then you've got in Senate District 47, like I mentioned, Scott Webster versus uh, a girl named Mary something. Uh, but Scott was actually the former president of the Iowa Home Builders Association, another very intelligent guy. And that'll definitely be a, a, a election to watch out for, see if Scott County swings a Republican. And it looks like it will.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Uh, sounds like you're out around the state. You're in southeast Iowa you're up in des moines you're you know you're you're over in muscatine which is in southeast Iowa, but you know i mean a little further east uh are you as you knock on doors and talk to people in different communities are their concerns the same or are there pockets where uh the uh where it's uh, the concerns are a little different you know the biggest
1: concern i'm sure everyone's seen this on the news media it's definitely inflation and how much it's hurting people, the gas prices, the food prices, the housing, the, excuse me, the energy prices. It's really hurting people. Um, and that is, I think definitely people are going to vote the pocketbooks this election. They want candidates who are intelligent, who are actually going to do what they promise. And that's why they're going to vote Republican this year is because they've got, you know, we have great candidates running this year um, with actual real life experience who understand the consequences of decisions that they make. And then also, school choice hasn't died out you know we talked last time I was on we talked about the primary elections how successful the governor was and how successful americans for prosperity was and the family leader of these organizations in electing the candidates that were in very rural districts for school choice and they had great success they won every single election um and now we're in you know less republican districts but we're in one we're in, you know heavy democrat districts that we're looking at, that might swing Republican this year like Scott county, um, that 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 I think that speaks volumes of how unpopular democratic policies are, how trustworthy Republican candidates are, how intelligent they are. Um, it really speaks to their character and to the character of the party, I think. But yeah, I definitely say school choice is a big one. People definitely like eliminating state income tax. They appreciate what the governor did last year with lowering the state income tax to a flat 3.9%. If you're tired eliminating it for them, but people want to continue eliminating taxes, especially you know we have a two billion dollar surplus, and then you know another 1.8 billion for like tax relief funds or whatever. So you know the state of Iowa has enough money to actually accomplish this. And this is what parents want, you know, the school choice bill. This is what they want. And so the question really, I guess, is, you know, it's not whether we're going to have an ESA bill, but it's really whether the governor will have a policy majority in the house to pass a universal ESA bill to where not to where not, every, not 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 every only certain kids get it, but to where every single kid is included in it. Um, you know, kids with IEPs and 50, uh, uh, 501, I'm, excuse me, I'm forgetting the name of that plan, but people who struggle in education just need a little bit of more support. Um, the parents are coming out and voting for the kids this year, uh, and, and, and I've, I've heard of Democrats who are crossing the lines to pass school choice this year, uh, and independents who are swinging Republican to vote for, you know, the state income tax being eliminated. So that's what I'm really hearing uh, are, are those issues.
0: So uh, what, uh, what are people's opinions of Joe Biden as you knock on doors and talk to me?
1: uh very negative uh, i think they've only gotten more negative but really i think at this point people ha- have reached a point where they're not even mad at joe biden anymore they just they feel bad for him they're sorry for him they, they know he's not really running the show anymore um you know i think i think some of the anger has kind of dissipated and they they just know it's the democratic party pushing this because you know he he can barely speak, <laughs> um, let alone, you know, actually craft these intricate policies that affect every single American across the country.
0: Well, do you think he'll be a massive drag on the Democrats this uh, cycle?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, you've already heard of Democrats basically telling him to stay away. I mean, you know, speaking of the federal races, uh, a- anywhere he goes, the you know, he went down to Florida to a district there, and uh, it was a city that, you know, Historically, has always voted Democrat. He went down there, and it flipped 200,000 votes the next day to Republicans. Um, I think that it speaks volumes. I was one day after him visiting, but that like Miami, was some, somewhere near Miami, I think in Florida. Um, but it, it's everywhere. You know, no one wants him to come and campaign in their districts. He's just he's extremely unpopular, and he, he anywhere he goes, <laughs> yeah, he he just convinces independents not to vote for him.
0: Well, t- tell me, what um what specifically do people say uh, about him and about his policies? Uh, um, yeah, what, are, what are the, the comments about him? What is it that they're, they're, they're unapproved of?
1: Well, definitely gas prices, honestly. Gas prices um, and food prices, because obviously the diesel prices are affecting everything else, especially food. That's what people are really looking at. Of course you know you hear some complaints about like the uh inflation reduction act which does basically the exact opposite thing people mentioned those specific policies
0: okay well uh let's go through some of these uh state rate or the the federal and state races uh, uh there i i went to a governor uh reynolds uh rally in fairfield and uh there was a candidate uh, uh named i think brenda bird who is running for uh uh, attorney general uh she seemed like a firecracker she seemed to be the candidate that really got the crowd that revved up the most seemed to have the most fire uh what do you think of her election uh against uh, miller who's been in there since uh, jimmy carter
1: well obviously i think it's time for somebody new but and miller's obviously been a terrible terrible candidate for iowa always opposes the governor on every single step he can so never joins any consequential lawsuits. So it is time for somebody new, but she is in a tight election this year. Honestly, I would be amazed if she makes it, but if she does, I mean, more power to her. Um, but from what I've heard, she's in a, in a very, very tight election, and we'll see.
0: Well, let's go up to Kim Reynolds. Uh, seems like she's way ahead. Uh, what do you hear from people about our governor?
1: Well, I I hear a lot about our governor, how much they love her. I mean, basically, I mean, if you stuck a picture of any candidate with a picture of the governor, people would vote for your candidate, basically, because they understand that the governor cares about them. The governor is looking out for them. Um, Unless you live in somewhere like the People's Republic of Johnson County or something. um, People love the governor. And She's good. She, she obviously, we saw that in the primary. She was consequential. She's come out in elections like um with Don Driscoll versus Kevin Kinney. It's gonna make a huge difference, I think, in a lot of these other little elections that she's getting involved in this year to get her school choice bills passed and improve education here in Iowa for kids. But I, honestly, like I haven't even I think I've seen one sign for the opponent. I'm not even sure of the opponent's name, So I think that kind of speaks volumes also to how unknown her candidate is, that her opponent is, considering I don't even, I think it starts with a D or something, DeGia or something. I don't even know the name of the candidate that's running against her. So she obviously doesn't have much of a chance.
0: Uh, she doesn't have much name recognition. Deidre something, I think, is her name. Uh, but I, I I have to say, I've never seen an ad or a sign or or, or anything that would give me some name recognition on her. I, I really don't know anything about it. Uh, well, let's just talk about the. Is there some kind of Democrat candidate malaise out there? Uh, I'm going to use Adrian Dickey as an example. He's a state senator, seems to be running for everything between Mount Pleasant and Oskaloosa. Uh, you can see it yourself. I see a thousand signs of his. He said he, had, he put out a thousand signs. I believe him. They're everywhere. And uh, I don't even know who's running against him. You know what I mean? I've never seen. Uh, a sign from the other ones. I see very few signs. I get very few mailers from from the Democrats. I don't really see many ads. What's, what's going on with
1: that? Yeah, actually, I think you've hit a really important point, because it's the same for me. You barely see any Democratic signs out this year. You're not seeing a lot of Democratic mailers. Um, you're seeing some TV ads for federal candidates. I'm sure everyone's getting inundated with those, but you're just not seeing a lot of enthusiasm for the Democrats this year, especially on the state elections. And I think that's that's a few things that obviously Joe Biden's a drag on politics. And number two, the the party really doesn't know what they represent anymore. They they pick these really radical, like, transgender views and, and all of this. Like it it's very extreme. They don't really reflect what the average voter, especially the average like independent voter, actually believes in. Um, and I, but I think it really just comes down to number three, just people are kind of ashamed to uh, be Democrats in this election. You know, in 2020, you know, you might, you know, be going around for a Republican candidate and you might, you know, get cussed out and they might yell at you, threaten you, you know, all kinds of stuff. In this election, you go up to a Democrat store, and they kind of open the door and they go, I'm voting Democrat and close the door, like, you know, almost ashamed. And I've actually asked a few of these people, you know, like, why? Like, why are you voting Democrat? Oh, I've always voted Democrat. Uh, um, No one really wants to talk to you on the Democratic side this year. They're just very... I think ashamed almost to, to have to say that the Democrats this year.
0: Well, I will say this: I try hard to get a Democrat candidate, to get a to get a county chair, to get a person who is Democrat to come on the show to be fair and balanced to give both sides an opportunity. But I I'm run into a goose egg on it. I, I get I ask people, they will send me a number, and I'll text them and hear nothing back. Uh, but uh, I would you know if there was somebody that that would come on and, and give their side, uh, i I'd give them an opportunity, but we don't uh I don't think anybody wants to uh wants to come on. Uh, I don't even know what there's I really don't know what their Iowa position is. I don't know what the candidates are all about uh, uh, I, I, I have no idea
1: yeah, honestly it's the same I mean it was it was it was the same way doing like the michael booslow and uh John Dunwell elections, but like Newton, Iowa hadn't voted Republican, hadn't put a Republican candidate in for 40 years, and the Democratic Party didn't support the candidate at all. That that district flipped Republican. Um, I, and that's obviously a, a, an example of where Iowans are going, how independents feel. Uh, there's just no democratic party like they're not organized you don't know what the candidates believe they're honestly ashamed when you go up to a door or talk to any of them uh, even being you know a university student they've gotten a lot more quiet on campus and they've resorted to a lot more like violent behavior and just outbursts, you know attacking different Republican uh, table you know uh, people setting up tables and representing you know the young Americans for freedom Republicans here at the university um, they're just very angry right now and that this is kind of the environment way and I would have loved to talk to a Democrat and hear their opinion on how the elections are going what the candidates actually represent that's too bad you couldn't get anyone on but. I, I, like I said, I, I think they're a little ashamed no one really wants to take the name on democratic policies right now.
0: Well, uh, let me ask you uh, about, uh, let me ask you about some local candidates. Uh, uh, like I said, we, we talked about Adrian Dickey. Uh, uh, a, a Helena Hayes is uh, running for uh, the seat that I sit in here in Kiethcut County. Uh, she's knocked on my door three times, three times uh, in the primaries, and once in the general election. Twice in the primaries, once in the general election. I, I see her out there just working her tail off. Uh, Jeff Shipley is another one. Give me the give me what you know about the Adrian Dickey, Jeff Shipley, and Helena Hayes races.
1: You know, I'm not super close to Adrian Dickey. I've never even met him, to be honest. I know people who know him. Uh, I met Jeff Shipley, love him. Jeff's a great guy, very you know, pro taking care of your health, and uh, a great legislator who really actually cares about people. He ran a really tough primary this year against Joe Mitchell, but obviously he came out on top as the better cl- candidate, clearly. Um, and then of course you got Helena Hayes, and she is a pit bull. I mean, Helena Hayes is a pit bull. Uh, people love her. She she doesn't come from some wealthy you know family that's throwing thousands of dollars into elections like you saw some candidates do this year especially in the primaries you know if she took on one of the toughest uh, um candidates to be i don't even remember his name right now but he was the chair of the edge oh hi that's right and he was the chair of the education committee um that was not an easy election and she didn't have much support i mean obviously the family leader came in you know endorsed her and eventually the last minute the governor did but she's a pit bull. She made it around her district. She's very popular. She cares about children. She's the chair of the Pelham My Innocence group. Um, she really cares about kids. And, and I think that's why she won that primary. And I think she'll easily glide to, uh, you know, Adrian Dickie Shipley, Helena Hayes, they're in you know, safer Republican districts. Um, so I think they'll all really easily win the elections to be honest. I don't think there's anything to worry about there.
0: Well, she'd be the last person I'd want to run against because there's no way I could outwork her. She's the hardest working, you know, she can work that hard in Des Moines as she works here in the office. We're, we're going to have a great representation. I'll, I, I want to talk about uh, uh, an article I, I was reading in the Drudge Report, not Drudge Report, but the Bongino Report. Uh, it was an article, that there were some elections, I think in Kentucky and Texas the same day. And they said, every single Republican candidate that took money from the teachers' union lost in all three of those states. And they had a list of all the candidates that won. And the number one thing that turned around was the Helena uh, Hayes beating Dustin Hyde. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the state of uh, education. That seems to be an a, a issue that's working well for the Republicans. It does.
1: Um... She's definitely focused on giving kids more opportunities. There's two sides to that coin. One has obviously been, you know, she exposed books that were in some libraries that, you know, if you read them, they'd make your jaw drop. I read one of them and I, I you know, on my, I almost blushed. It was that graphic. It was about, you know, guys, grown men having sex with little boys. I mean, so, some of these books, uh, you know, the, the old fashioned Democrats, they don't really understand uh, how how far their party has left them. And how radical it's got and how to the liberal the modern liberal that doesn't seem strange to them but you know to the old-fashioned democrat if they really understood some of the books that were sitting in school libraries i think that they would be ashamed to actually have a a a d beside their name um but then also it's just a matter of just really improving education you know studies have shown Overwhelmingly, studies have shown that private schools, charter schools, having these schools benefit communities. They increase teacher salaries in the long run. They improve scores. Obviously, they give teachers more options of where they can teach. They're going to attract more quality teachers. They're going to give kids more options of where they can go and, and force competition. You know, we have competition in everything from colleges. You know, above K through twelve, we have competition. You have more options than just one. You know public school system in one county you know maybe you'll be lucky enough to have two that's not too far away but um you know actually a little bit off topic but i've actually talked to so many school board members and teachers this election my own mom is a teacher and school choice is actually you know i know the teachers union is very much opposed to school choice but the average teacher uh is really warming up to the idea of giving kids more uh, a better quality education you know a teacher that really cares about the students wants what's best for the students and that means giving them more options in schooling
0: well let's talk about uh governor reynolds uh and she was pretty bold in reopening the schools uh faced massive amount of pushback as well as uh say, Ron DeSantos there in Florida or uh, the gal up in North uh, Dakota that, that didn't shut much down, uh, those candidates that were took the risk of opening their states up seem to be faring very well in this round of elections, and uh, the lockdown governors seem to be uh, uh, having a, a much harder time.
1: I think you're right about that, actually. Um all I can say is really, I guess the governor actually cares about students, um, instead of just who puts money in the campaign coffins. Um, it's really, it's about choosing principle over politics. And clearly some candidates have like the governor, have you know, chose principle over politics. And, uh, I think it's paying off for them.
0: Yeah. It, it, they did the right thing. I, I, I mean, at least, uh, uh, we didn't know exactly how it turned out, but it did turn out uh, the right way. Uh, we got through the pandemic with the least amount of job loss and the least amount of tax revenue loss. So I think that was a, a big plus, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, and we also had a huge surplus in the budget. It grew this year. Um, the Iowa economy was not hurt like these other states that are billions, billion dollars, billions of dollars in debt. Um, And and then now the massive layoffs in different states and they were firing people because they weren't getting a COVID vaccine or whatever, you know, all of these very radical policies, to be quite honest, um, really hurt, I think, other states' economies. But um, I think Iowa is going to look like in a few years, like a good place to raise a family. I think it already is, you know, but a good place to raise a family, a good place to start a business, a good place to build wealth good place to attain wealth, um, good place to, you know, just live your last year and go to church and be happy and spend time with your family, have a good Christmas or Thanksgiving. Iowa, it's really, it's, it's a good state, you know, the only negative is the weather sometimes.
0: Yeah, and that's just part, that's just the cold part of the year. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to shift over and talk about some of the federal elections. Uh, we've got four uh, uh, seats up here in Iowa, three are held by Republicans, one by a Democrat. Uh, Could you go over some of those races and 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 if you don't know a lot about them that's okay Uh, just tell me what you do know.
1: Well yeah I can go over some of these races obviously you've got um, Vandy Feenstra who's going to win his election pretty easily. You've got Ashley Henson. Ashley Henson is the only district that I've actually heard about that abortion might play a small role actually in her being elected. I don't know how how true that actually is and how many if to, if it's really as large as people say it is i haven't really got that sense, you know especially in my district district you know miller district the new first district um abortion just really hasn't played an issue for people um for a small very fringe minority that are very loud yes they care about it but the average person really um doesn't really care to promote pro-abortion ideology so but she seems to be you know popular up there i think she'll win election i'm not too worried about that um obviously different organizations and news channels have come out in support of her and fact-checked you know in favor of her and so she's obviously a very intelligent person very well liked great personality of course you got miller meeks down here um running against uh, Christina Bohannon, actually a law professor at the University of Iowa. So I better not make a Christina Bohannon mad in case I wanna to go to law school in the future. But uh, I actually didn't, uh, I didn't end up voting myself for Marionette Miller-Meeks, um, just for a few uh, principles I had that I felt that she violated. But I, I think she'll probably end up winning her election. Um, and then of course, you've got the Vaknon uh, election can't i can't actually remember the candidate here who he's running against that's a little embarrassing actually, but um he it looks like he'll probably win that too obviously it's a great year for republican candidates i imagine we'll have an all republican um house and senate senate
0: yeah that's every prediction i see it's a clean sweep and uh oh, that will give us help uh move the republicans into the majority in the house and uh uh, I want to talk about Miller-Meeks. Now, you you seemed a little hesitant on her, and every single Republican I talked to was a little hesitant on her. She won a very Democratic district uh, by six votes, uh, but then the, everything was redistricted, and she has a very Republican uh, district. And then, like counties like, uh, 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 I think, Des Moines County there in Burlington and uh, Wapolo County, which were the two Great big uh, uh, Democrat counties in, uh, in there are, uh, have, well, Wabalo County, which had the second most registered Democrats, has been almost for uh, eight, 10 years, pretty solid Republican. And uh, last time for the first time, uh, uh, Des Moines County and Lee County both flipped over to the Republican column for the first time ever. So yeah. uh, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff going, but uh, I do not see very many Miller-Meek signs. You know, uh, I see Shipley signs. I see Helena Hayes signs. I see Adrian Dickey signs. uh, Never seen any of their opponent signs. And I hardly ever see any Miller Meek signs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would say she's not very popular, to be quite honest. And uh, I've heard a few people who have gone up and talked to her personally, and she's had a very hostile attitude with them. Um, That's not a very – Great thing to have as a representative um, when people are demanding answers, you know, especially there was a gay marriage vote. I know some people have been very upset about that and went up to her, asked her about that. Uh, and she basically said, you know, why I only voted for it because of the interracial marriage issue, and I didn't want them to say that I was racist or whatnot. But, you know, I mean, they already, quite frankly, if you're a Republican, they already think you're a racist for some reason. So, um you know they could have easily divided that bill between you know passing and no one's against inter, interracial marriage like like no one's against that no one in america opposes that although very few people at least Um well
0: it concerns me to have a congressman that uh is gonna uh be pushed to vote for anything just because she's afraid to be listed as a racist because uh Let's face it, I mean, there's black people that are white supremacists, according to Democrats. I mean. Yeah, you
1: know, it's kind of one thing, like, uh, Tucker Carlson came and spoke at the Family Leadership Summit this year. And one thing he said was, you know, I wouldn't vote for a candidate that really cares what, for example, the New York Times has to say. Like, if you're more concerned about what the media and what these, quite frankly, elitists think about you than what your own, you know, people in your district think about you, um maybe you shouldn't really be a representative to be quite you know frank
0: well uh, the other thing i hear uh um she was all upset about what she called an insurrection and uh, seemed to be a uh, uh, kind of uh, pro this january 6 hearings and things uh now the democrats seem to be running on three things one of them is uh uh one of them is abortion One of them is uh, something called democracy. I mean, I don't, that I I, I can't understand. And then, but the number one thing seems to be this January 6th. Are you hearing anybody ever uh, concerned about that? I've never talked to anybody that was concerned about
1: that. Um, You know, I think I had one person. It was only one. I've talked to, of course, thousands of people over the last, really, you know, year and a half. And there was uh, only one person. He actually had a sign that said something like, trumpism is an ex uh trumpism is an ex. extra i can't even pronounce it but it was a threat to democracy or something like that he had some big sign in his yard and everything he was the only person that i've had to that I've, you know he said trump is a, you know, a racist and a nazi and all this he was very radical and he s- said that trump colluded with russia obviously that's been debunked i mean not obviously a very well educated person but um Everyone's entitled to their own beliefs in America. And uh that was about the only one that I have had that has even mentioned, yeah, January sixth of the insurrection. Um, I, I I think it's been a little overblown with the media. Um, of course there hasn't been much coverage on how like the January sixth defenders, you know, they're in a Democratic district where ninety seven percent of uh they're in Washington DC with ninety seven percent of People voted democratically. Obviously, they're not getting an impartial jury. People are definitely, I think, upset about that. Um, but never really, no one really complains about January 6. I think it was some, you know, extra, some big threat to our democracy. Um, you know, people are upset. They marched into the Capitol, um, which normally you can walk into the Capitol whenever you want. The only difference was that they, you know, interrupted a meeting. Um, and the news media i think really ran with the story which i mean wouldn't you if you weren't sure i mean it's a big deal but um people yeah, I, I, guess I don't just... care
0: about it at all if a bunch of people want to go to washington dc and burn it down I, I really probably wouldn't be too upset with them in the first place well, i don't know about that but, but um... i seen i mean i've seen kenosha wisconsin burnt to the ground i've seen minnesota burnt to the ground i've seen uh, seattle washington the uh, whole section of the town was taken over uh i I don't see the difference between the two and plus, I don't care about stuff that happened two years ago anyway. I want to see something do about things. so this thing they're they're talking about democracy uh are, are, do they think that if uh the Republicans gain seats in this election, there won't be any more elections uh, well, what are they talking about? I have no idea what they're talking
1: about um well apparently if Republicans win democracy is dead, I, I don't know, I guess, I mean, do they think we're going to install a monarch or something? Like, I, I don't really get it either, but uh, it sounds good, I guess, probably. to. I, I guess I don't really understand the ideology behind that. Um, it's just, I guess, a little too extreme for me, but I, mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think the really interesting, actually, federal races to watch out for might actually be the uh, governor's elections. It'll be really interesting to watch some of those if you want to talk about that.
0: Well, uh, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, Looks like uh, uh, one in Nevada seems to be a pretty hot race. And this one in Michigan that uh, has my eye, this Truder Dixon and uh, 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 Whitmer, I think is her name.
1: Yeah, well, and Whitmer, honestly, I mean, she's responsible for killing thousands of people in nursing homes. I mean, could you imagine if that was your grandparents that, you know, she put COVID positive patients in with elderly people who should have been quarantined? I mean, wow. Obviously she's not qualified to be in that uh, position, but
0: uh, yeah, uh, or- Governor of New York, Governor Cuomo, he killed thousands of people by putting COVID positive people into nursing homes instead of isolating them. But they got rid of him for kissing interns. I mean, so it doesn't seem like it's bad as killing, you know, thousands of seniors. You know, <laughs> I mean I mean look look at how many how many interns Bill Clinton and uh uh
1: Joe Biden
0: have kissed. Right. I mean, uh, they've they probably uh, done more in a day than that
1: guy did in his whole life. Well, obviously, uh, any kind of sexual assault isn't okay, but uh, I actually heard this year, I've heard a lot of people predict that New York State might swing red. It seems a bit far-fetched for me, places like Washington State and New York State swinging red this year, but... Um, when you have such radical policies, but, you know, I think some other really interesting uh, states to watch out for might be obviously Arizona. Um, you got the governor out there. She's well-liked. I mean, even Tulsi to Gab- um Yeah, this lake out there in Arizona, uh,
0: uh, her opponent just seems like she's brain dead or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, but um, she's well, very no, well-liked. I've literally never heard
0: of a, a candidate that was dumber than her. I think
1: John Fetterman is smarter than she is. Maybe. I mean, you. Might, oh, I watched the Fetterman debate, and what an embarrassment for Pennsylvanians. I mean, the guy, I mean, he was kind of there, but, I mean, honestly, uh, obviously Joe Biden set a bad precedent where people now think, like, if you have a disability, you're, like, uniquely qualified to serve in federal office, but, like, that's not the case. He needs to go home. He, I care about him. I mean, the guy needs to rest. He he had a serious health problem. Was it a brain aneurysm? I think, or something, or he a a heart stroke. attack? Yeah, he, he, he had a
0: real serious stroke.
1: Yeah, a stroke. That was it. But he needs to uh, he needs to go home and rest. Um,
0: yeah, you think what, that'd be pretty stressful for someone uh, that was a, a stroke victim to have to focus like that? But gosh, yeah. you think you'd want a senator, in the United Senate, that could focus for more than ten minutes? Yeah, right but
1: uh, I don't know how you could handle the job of of the high pressure of the job when somebody's coming up to you in the last minute telling you to vote this way somebody saying not to vote this yeah you have lobbyists trying to influence you I don't know how you could handle that situation after you know all he could barely I mean there was one point where he, his his answer to a question was well I just believe yeah yeah
0: yeah and he, he used the word believe too I, I don't even know what that means <laughs>
1: I think that was the least, but yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know everything. I couldn't even understand everything he was trying to say. So it was no, definitely was, an embarrassment.
0: It was, it was difficult to watch. but let's let's talk a little bit about Mem and Oz. Uh, when I first saw him as a candidate, I immediately thought that's a liberal guy. I didn't uh, wasn't uh, uh, too keen on him. But as I look into it, this guy gets more support from women and from minorities than any other Republican in the country.
1: Okay, I did not know that. No, well, I he's mean, got
0: 30% of black women voting for him. What about that?
1: Wow, I that's amazing. Wow.
0: And I, I really feel like he could be a great asset for the Republicans as uh, someone, you know, someone that, that knows how to be on TV. And that's a big thing. I mean, I think that's a, that's important. That you you know you know how to come across and he does he seemed laser focused had good answers uh, I'm pretty high on Memonos where are you on Mim and Oz? I'm
1: not very high on Mim and Oz. honestly I was very disappointed by the uh, primaries I felt like I felt that we missed a huge opportunity to elect really great candidates in the primary this year and I felt like Trump really made a mistake with some of his endorsements. Um, and that really shouldn't be surprising. He always found uh, surrounded himself with terrible candidates like Rex Tillerson, you know, globalists, and all kinds of bad candidates and, and people in his cabinet. Um, he just has this habit. Of he, he he cares about America, but he just surrounds himself with terrible people. And I think that's really what he did during these primaries as well. Um, and you know, he was a he was a nice bandaid from the problem for, from the problem, but. I think we actually need a cure. Somebody who can help, you know, really fight back. Somebody like DeSantis, personally. But you know, Trump instead of endorsing somebody like Kathy Barnett, who's very intelligent, who's very conservative, very pro freedom, he endorsed somebody like Dr. Oz, who I see as a very like moderate candidate. Um, And then like even in our own race, he endorsed uh, Jim Callen. He endorsed Chuck Grassley over Jim Carlin. I mean, I know I'm probably in the minority there, but um, on my belief on on you know, choosing these candidates. I felt like Trump kind of chose politics over principle to a certain extent. Um, but, of course, people likely disagree with me very much. and well, obviously I said on work Trump's in politics election sometimes campaign. you have
0: to pick politics. But I'm going to disagree with you on and Oz. I, I think that he is going to be a great tool for the Republican Party if we can get him in there. Uh, I, I think that uh, he may have a softer touch and a better image with the key group that we don't do well with which is women and uh, uh, minorities, uh, although we're doing really well with black men, he's the only candidate that does well with black women. Uh, uh, and I, I think he's intelligent and sharp and looks good on TV, and uh, uh, I think he'll, he'll be a big player up there, and uh, uh, I would be happy to su- support him, although I was very much like you at the beginning. And that's Miminoza's problem. If he loses this race, it'll be because of Republicans not because of independence and uh, and the Democrats, to be
1: honest with you. Oh, I don't disagree with you. It'll definitely be whether he can get enough Republican support. And there's different stuff. I I honestly am not knowledgeable enough to really speak, I guess, on him. I heard stuff that he supported, like certain transitioning surgeries for kids and stuff like that. So I I don't know if that's correct. I could be completely wrong on that. I I haven't heard that uh,
0: at all, but I don't know that much about him again. It's a Pennsylvania race, and, and uh, uh, I'm not too wrapped up into it. But there, the, let's, let's switch over and talk about uh, Governor Whitmer and uh, Tudor Dixon there in Michigan. I watched the debate, and I, I thought that the, the governor looked like a deer in the headlights many, many times. And there was one thing that she said that really was unbelievable was Tudor Dixon said, you kept our kids out of school for a year and a half. And she just looked in the camera and said, I only did it for three months, you know, but she didn't. It was a year and a half, you know. uh, uh, I don't know how she can just turn around and lie about that. I mean, she's the queen of lockdown uh, governors. She's the most I mean, locked down of all lockdown governors. Have
1: we even gotten the uh, freedom of information requests? You know, has that even been open? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, pretty sure she's still trying to hide some of the data uh, during COVID and the deaths and everything for the nursing homes. And um, what a travesty. Um, but obviously she's a liar and she's trying to hide everything. Um,
0: yeah, I, I mean, also, look, if, if I was the governor, I wouldn't have lied about it. I would have said, well, I it might not have been the right thing to do with in the end of things, but I mean, I would try to defend what I did say. I was just trying to keep people safe or something, but to to lie about it, I, it makes you really uh, question her, what her motives were in the first place.
1: Well, to be honest, I mean, not all voters are super um, educated. And so it could be that she just feels like, you know, she can just set the narrative and maybe no one will really, you know, fact check her on that. So maybe she feels like she can get away with it. I don't know. Um, there's some other interesting races like uh, Kenneth uh Copeland. Have you ever heard of him?
0: No, I haven't.
1: This is just a terrible race. Um, but Trump Trump came out and endorsed him in one of his rallies. I'm trying to I, he might be running for a house siege or something. I can't remember. Um, but went ahead and endorsed him. He's some uh tele evangelist just spawn of Satan pastor. You know, he, he begs people for money and tells them he'll get healing and everything and uh just a terrible endorsement um i'm not sure exactly what trump was thinking on that but that's what i was referring to of like trump is just endorsing some weird candidates it's not like every endorsement he gets is wrong but some of them are you know uh televangelists that just it's in my opinion very evil um telling people that they can get healed from diseases and stuff if they give him money and buy him a private jet and stuff like that uh it's just evil Um, in my opinion, being a Christian, um, uh,
0: let's, let's move over. I want to talk about this Georgia race. It seems to be quite, a uh, 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 one, uh, the Herschel Walker, uh, race. Well, what is your opinion of Herschel Walker and what you've seen of him? Um, remind me of what election that is in Georgia,
1: in Georgia. Um, oh, he's a Republican candidate running in Georgia. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I just vote for him today. Who, who is he running against?
0: Oh, he's a Congress, He's a senator, uh, some kind of black preacher guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, is, I'm it, not well, terribly is it Ralph Warnock? Well, I watched that debate, and I thought Herschel Walker moped the floor with him.
1: Well, to be I mean, I didn't watch that debate, but to be honest, I mean, I wouldn't vote for somebody who beats the wife, so I wouldn't be voting for Ralph yeah, um, Warnock anyways. I would be voting anything. for Walsh you know, uh, Herschel Walker, I guess, to begin with, just on that alone. But
0: Herschel Walker came across to me as a good person. You know what I mean? And, and I'd be happy mm-hmm. with him. He, he seems like a, an honest, uh, uh, caring, uh, good person. I'd like to see some more of that. But let's switch over and talk about our, our state race. Uh, who is this guy running against uh, uh, Chuck Grassley?
1: Well, that's a great question. Who is he?
0: uh <laughs> he's i don't not even very know popular. what his name is i heard he's an admiral i see uh, a few of his signs up here and there uh but uh and probably more than miller meeks uh but michael something you, do you know his name yeah it's michael
1: franklin is his name i you know he obviously i i He's obviously not going to win this election. I think the Fox News, Fox News actually put out a poll ahead. You know, he was leading like 53 percent to 41 percent. I mean, not even a chance. Look, I mean, I, I don't mind your truck, Grassley. I mean, I have my I, I think he compromises way too much, um, in my in my opinion, especially for being from such a conservative state. He's done good stuff with the FBI and with appointing Supreme Court justices. Um but of course, I, obviously, I tried to primary him out this year because I didn't think he was the best candidate. But certainly, that race he obviously is, um, and it's it's an important election. Um, I, you know, I I actually I didn't I ended up sitting out of that election as well as the Meeks election, but I just didn't vote in it. But I mean, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't see a problem with voting for him either because he he's been great for the state of Iowa in the past. But I mean, there's no chance that Michael Franklin even. I haven't even seen him, like, hold any events or anything. I've seen a few signs for him saying, like, I believe he'll defeat Chuck Grassley or something, but that's about it. And it's only in, like, the most left-leaning, radical houses um, yeah, around South in Iowa. uh,
0: uh He likes to kiss the interns, too, doesn't
1: he? Oh, do, does he? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's does an he? intern
0: kisser. He, he's, uh, he's real good at kissing interns. Uh, one of them sued him, though. Uh, in fact, this campaign chairman, he kissed her, uh, I don't know, uh, apparently she didn't appreciate it, uh, filed some ethics charges against him, but yeah, yeah, a lot of them uh, mechanics like to kiss the interns, don't they?
1: Oh, apparently, well, uh, more power to the uh, women. I hope they they can uh, hold him accountable. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, gosh, I think we talked about all the races. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: You know, hey, there actually is. So there's Idaho. This is just one that I, I don't know. I I have some. I have a friend who lives out in Idaho who's friends with some, you know, the you know the governor and different candidates like that, and he's a Republican. Um, good friend of mine, and. He, I actually, uh, I've been paying a lot of attention to the Idaho race. You know, you've got Ted Bundy, who I don't know if you've heard the name Bundy before, but a very pro freedom candidate during the COVID lockdowns. He got arrested multiple times. Um, that's going to be a really interesting governor's race to watch. Probably the, you know, the, the current governor will win anyways, but uh That'll be an interesting, uh, interesting state to watch, because I don't know if you've heard much about what's going on in Oregon, but there are 10 counties in Oregon that have so far voted to secede from the state of Oregon.
0: Yeah, I and, heard that. Or, uh, yeah, Washington. I thought it was Washington. I thought it was the oh, state of Washington. And no, no, it was Oregon. It's Oregon. Oregon. They, Oregon. They wanna, yeah, it's a big chunk of conservative counties that want to peel off of Oregon and join Idaho. And I actually think there's a little bit of a possibility that that happens. You know,
1: yeah, so I asked some some people's opinions of that, and it was very, you know, unsure. I mean, there's two real reasons why it might not happen. One would be that, well, three really reasons. One would be it would take a long time. It's going to take at least two years to amend the Constitution. Um, Number two, there's going to be, they're going to be the current representatives in power are going to have to be grouped together or else add more seats for the state house and state senate and so obviously if they're grouped together they're not going to be in favor of you know having to compete against other legislators um there's that but then also i i guess some legislators over there are very worried that marijuana that the voters in oregon if the Pushed into Iowa, uh, pushed into Idaho, that they may, you know, try to legalize marijuana in Idaho. And obviously, the legislators they are very afraid of that. They don't want that legalized. Um, and so, I guess they're kind of hesitant to allow those voters into Idaho. I would think, in my head, you know, it would obviously, if they let them in, that would increase the tax
0: revenue. Yeah, I would think but that would increase the tax base, the revenues. The, the it would create a barrier. Washington. And then for Oregon, uh, if the Democrats could get rid of a
1: lot of Republicans that way. Oh, yeah, and you're exactly right. It would weaken the state there, but it would also um, it would create a barrier for that marijuana issue if that was really what they were worried about because then they would have more landmass that is a you know not a pro-marijuana use area. I, I don't know. It seems weird to me, but uh, that'll be a really, I don't know, just an interesting uh, decision to watch what Idaho does with that. And obviously other counties across the United States could follow suit if Idaho is allowed to allow those Oregon counties to join. I mean, there's nothing expressly against it, I don't think, in our Constitution, Um, but it's really just a state versus state issue, but we'll see how the Supreme Court will rule on that, and then uh, obviously that could have, you know, could you imagine Illinois counties trying to join Iowa, you know, something like that, Um, or Minnesota counties wanting to join Iowa, the state of Iowa?
0: Well, uh, I'll tell you a little story about that. there was uh Illinois is bankrupt, you know, but that's why they legalized marijuana is to get the revenue. I will say this uh, legalization of marijuana is a seventy one percent approval in America. so it'll probably happen at some point uh, uh, at some point in time, but uh, yeah, when they went bankrupt they 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 had a plan they submitted a bankruptcy plan where, They give part of the states to Iowa, part of the state to Wisconsin, and part of the state to Kentucky, and, you know, kind of shared, that was a, that was part of a bankruptcy plan that was drawn up by the Illinois legislature at one time, so, yeah, uh, uh, something needs to change, something needs to realign, uh, because a nation divided against itself cannot stand, somebody said that, that was, uh, it might have been Lincoln.
1: Sounds like Abraham Lincoln, good Mm -hmm. oldie Lincoln, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, well, gosh, this was uh, such an enlightening conversation. Jonathan, you are uh, an intelligent young man, and I really appreciate uh, your input, because this is kind of how you make your living, and uh, you're out there talking to people, and uh, that's what uh, I was kind of, I've just been kind of interested what's on voters' mind, but uh, uh, as of the recording of this, the election is in the morning, so I guess uh, uh, we're about to find out, as they say.
1: We will. It'll be really exciting to watch uh, how these elections go. And uh, obviously it sounds like it's going to be a red wedding for Republicans.
0: Well, you you are a a law student, are you? You say that again? You're going to college for something, isn't it law?
1: Uh, Well, I'm going to college, yeah, for actually economics, which has been an interesting subject to study. You know, looking at, I've got one of my professors from Sri Lanka, obviously you look at how Badly, politicians messed up that country yeah, I in the World Economic Forum. Got professors from Turkey, uh, and you know, obviously they're having a crisis right now. Obviously, I've had you know professors from America. Obviously, we're having a crisis right now. If you haven't heard, um, <laughs> so it, it's an interesting subject to study right now. And then, yeah, hopefully off to law
0: school. Well, good luck with that. You're you're a fine young man, and uh, uh, we like to highlight young men uh, on this program. And uh, try to be positive about it because it doesn't seem to be any uh, national uh, media that that, uh, thinks that men are, they just think men are terrible and they get bad rap all the time. But uh, I kind of like men, so uh, I like good, good, hardworking guys, and I think you're one of them. And thanks for being with us today. I appreciate
1: that. Thank you very much.